Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And I'm Jennifer Wilson. JJ, Merry Christmas to you. Joyeux Noel. A couple days late, maybe. That's right. But still in the world, Christmas is coming for much of the Christian community because in the Orthodox calendar, Christmas won't be here till January 7th. Right. But we have already in the West celebrated on the 25th of December. But in these 12 days of Christmas in between, there's still lots to celebrate. And you and I are at Bronner's. Christmas, Christmas Wonderland. Wonderland. It's a place where Christmas runs the whole year through. Right. You can say Merry Christmas any day of the week. And when we talk about Bronner's, it's a huge Christmas store in Frankenmuth, Michigan. It covers eight acres under a single <laughs> roof. But just it's think about amazing. how much corn you could grow on eight acres. <laughs> I mean, huge. And then a larger no campus here. that includes all kinds of outdoor displays and even a chapel, which is a replica of the original chapel in Austria where Silent Night premiered. I mean, this place is about Christmas, high and low, and everything in between. An amazing destination. Yes, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because Christmas is a very big deal, and that's why we're here, and that's why we've come for this series of programs. And as we're looking at the new year and still reveling in the wonder and the beauty of Christmas, we want to talk about Christmas as a global celebration. And right now at Bronner's, we're in the Christmas Around the World section. Yes. This is a whole wing of the building, department after department with national-themed Christmas decor and memorabilia. Christmas is something the whole world loves. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how that's been true from the beginning of the celebration 2,000 years ago. Stay with us. Christmas, of course, celebrates the birth of Christ. It is a kind of birthday party. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone loves a party, I suppose. And birthday parties are known <laughs> in many nations. There's something about celebrating the birth of Jesus, even for people who do not understand who he is, that has power and magnetism. And that's why the celebration of Christmas has been so popular everywhere. And here at Bronner's Christmas Wonderland, they acknowledge that by stocking these unique ornaments and decorations from all over the world. Now, the Bronner family that still owns this business, they always emphasize Christ and Christmas, don't they? What did yes, you notice when do. you walked in? Well, the the font that they've used for their signs, Bronner's Christmas Wonderland, Christ is in all caps. It's always in caps. Yes. And when you say, when you walk in, there are several entrances there are several to walk entrances. in. I mean, this is really like walking into the Magic Kingdom it's or one and a half Epcot football fields of it's floor huge. space. But no matter what the entrance, the first thing that you notice is crisis and caps standing out from the rest of all the words. Because the Bronner family understood that Christ is always the heart of Christmas. And they see it not just as a holiday once a year, but as a a full year-long celebration. And that's why they have this stuff all the year through. What they acknowledge in this department is that Christ at the center of Christmas works no matter what your country, no matter what your ethnicity, no matter what your culture or background. Now, I know you're a little bit of a Francophile, JJ. You are fluent in French. You love all things French. Did you notice that section on French ornaments? Oui, il y a des ornements. There's some ornaments, beautiful ornaments. Well, most of them are of the Eiffel Tower, those iconic French images, but definitely the colors and the the shapes and things that you would see in France. I'm sure there's a croissant over there. (laughs) Well, (laughs) talking about... countries abroad. I have Irish roots. There you go. There's a huge display of Irish-themed Christmas decor. Leprechauns, shamrocks. Well, lots of (laughs) things that are kind of traditionally Irish, but some very, uh, what I'll call spiritually-themed ornaments, too, because Ireland has a long, ancient devotion to Christianity, and so there are Celtic crosses and 
and things that you would imagine in that part of the world. It's just amazing to see. But then, you know, we think of Christmas in Europe. Well, of course, that's Western civilization. But honestly, there are huge sections here from uh, Asia and Asia, Africa, and Africa from, from South Asia, South America, all kinds, all different countries represented here. And it's so amazing. And that whole idea of people worldwide from so many different perspectives gathering around to celebrate the birth of Christ. There's something supernatural about that. It doesn't have any precedent. There's no other holiday. There's no other figure in history. There's no thing else that unites people like this does. And maybe that's because Christ is in the middle. And again, many people celebrate Christmas and have no idea who Jesus is. But from the very beginning of that first Christmas celebration, people have come to see the newborn Christ. We've been talking in the last weeks about the story in Luke's gospel, the history where shepherds come. They make it their business to find out about this Christ child they've heard about. Today, let's talk about people who come from even farther, from Persia, ancient Persia, modern day Iran. They come a long ways, why? Just to discover and to check out who is this Christ of Christmas. Christmas is a really big deal. And that's not just true today. And some people think, well, it's all commercialized and, uh, you know, businesses use Christmas to make money and so on. And you know what? That is true. It does have that economic screen to it. But honestly, Christmas has been a big deal from the very beginning. Think about it, JJ. Jesus is born in the most humble of circumstances, in a cave manger with animals because his parents are poor, his mother is poor, and her fiance that's carried her to Bethlehem doesn't have much means either. And so he starts out his journey in this world in the most desperate of circumstances, yet it's still a big deal. Angels show up in the nearby fields. I mean, heavenly music wafts across the evening sky, so we believe traditionally, and and the angels go back to heaven and the shepherds make their way to Bethlehem town. I mean, it's a big deal. Yes, it is. It's not just a big deal that night, and we say night because the scripture tells us that angels appear to the shepherds at night. We're not exactly sure what time of day Jesus was born, but that's when the angelic message came. It wasn't just a big deal that night. Actually, as time marched on, weeks, months likely went by, maybe even a year or two, people around the world were still being engaged and they knew this is a big deal. Something has happened, and it's really big. Yes, you know, there was a group of stargazers, if you will, magi, who had been mapping and had seen all that was to happen in the prophecies, and they noticed a star that came, and they follow that because they know it's something is happening. It's a big deal, and we want to be a part of that. These men were not just astrologers. They were astronomers who studied the heavens and the science of the heavens. And something occurred in the heavens horizon that made them know something has happened. That story is told in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2. Take us there, JJ. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? 
in Bethlehem and Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. And in verse 7, the story continues. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with great joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. When we look at nativity scenes at Christmas time and some of them in this store, beautifully crafted to represent all the characters on the Christmas stage, we often see the wise men. Yes. We're not sure how many there are, but because of three gifts, sometimes we believe there are three different wise men, but it's a group of persons. We see them gathered around the manger scene with the angels and Joseph and Mary. All of that is a stylized snapshot of, of this story, this narrative, which actually covers longer than just a single moment. Right. It's, it's unlikely that they came that night to the stable. Uh, less than unlikely. It probably just didn't happen that way. And in fact, if you notice, the scripture tells us that the wise men found Jesus in the house and not in a stable, which suggests that maybe Joseph and Mary had had the baby in the stable, but as time marched on, they were still in Bethlehem and found their way into more appropriate quarters. It seems like they were there for a while. And in the next part of Matthew chapter 2, which we didn't read, uh, Joseph is going to be warned in a dream to flee to Egypt with his young family because Herod is coming to destroy them. And all of this suggests a, a window of time. But what we do know is that Jesus was still a tiny child. And during this period, visitors from far across the world came to pay their respects, to just catch some glimpse, to have some kind of connection with this most extraordinary child. And that is the foundation of Christmas around the world, really, because Christmas is not just for a single people. It's not just for a single community or town or for you and me. It's for everyone. Where do you think these wise guys came from? From the East, likely Persia. Uh, Certainly the, Aramaic wasn't their first language. And Persia had a long history of astronomy, and so sometimes that seems like a, an easy fit. But we just know they came from the East and a long ways away. They knew enough that they went to Herod the king because their perspective was very finite. This is so interesting, the story. They didn't have all the pieces of the puzzle. All they knew is there's some child born, a king, someone has come into this world that is going to be changing the world, but they don't know exactly all the particulars. So they naturally go to the seat of government at the time in that place, Jerusalem. Right. And it's the kind of thing where they had both been studying the sky and the texts. They've been looking at the scrolls, they've been looking at the sky, and here on this night, they intersected, and they wanted to be a part of that. So they head out 
to the biggest city they know that's nearest the star. And knock on the door of the most important man in the town that they can think of, King Herod. You know, there's an ancient prophecy, it goes all the way back to Genesis, that there shall a star from Jacob rise, a, a signal of the birth of the Messiah, the singular figure sent from God to change all of history and all of the course of human development. And they understood that much and they get to Herod's front door, and Herod is the one that tips them off to Bethlehem. Right, Herod's advisors, because he's feeling slightly jealous and threatened, more than slightly, and he goes, what is this about a king being born to the Jews? And they search through their scrolls, and they find this prophecy from Micah about Bethlehem being that place. And as the wise men get this word, they make their way, just like the shepherds had before them. It's so important for all of us to understand that Christmas is something that can pass you by. You could be like a bystander and a big bus pulls up to the stop and then moves on and you didn't get on, you didn't go anywhere, you're left in the same place as you were before the bus approached. Christmas is coming by and it's already come to the bus stop this year. And you can make a decision whether you're just going to stand on the curb and let it go on, or you can get on that bus and find new adventure and new life and new discoveries. And that's what the wise men were willing to do. Think about the cost of their journey, Mm. the investment of time and energy and treasure, the risks they assumed. Even though they were people of means, it appears, and even though they probably had some kind of stature or status in the ancient world, When you travel across the deserts of the ancient Near East, you're still prone and prey to bandits and who knows what kind of bad guys. They assumed all of that. Why? Because they wanted to know who is this one who changes history, who is promised. Today, we might think we're far removed from that kind of thinking, but the truth is, I don't know about you, but I think this world still could use some more of Jesus. And I think my Mm. own life could use some change-ups. And the only hope I have is to find this child. That's the world's hope. It still is today. Everyone who finds him finds their world made better. But it's not always easy to make the journey. You have to surrender things. You have to give up things. You have to make choices. I won't do this because I'm going to do that. But I promise you, the Christ of Christmas is waiting for the whole world and anyone who will come to his house, anyone who will come and approach him, anyone who will seek him will find. And they didn't come empty-handed. Though they had sacrificed much to get there, they reserved these precious, meaningful gifts to present to Jesus. The most valuable things that they knew how to give. And famously, that is another foundation of the whole Christmas celebration. We give gifts, don't we? Jesus himself was the unspeakable gift of God. That's what the scripture tells us. And similarly, the wise men brought gifts to Jesus. And so we exchange gifts. We give gifts to others. And while it's often divorced from its root meaning, in our gift giving, we should be giving to Jesus. And when you give to your children, JJ, you're actually generously giving to them as you give to Jesus. If only they were satisfied with three gifts. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) If only they would just be satisfied with that gold I gave them. But similarly, when we give gifts of the office or to coworkers or family or to even strangers, it's all about reminding us about the gift giving of the original Christmas celebrations and how Jesus himself is a gift to us undeserved. And that's where joy comes. They provided for Jesus. They gave him things that he and his family could use to escape to Egypt. Not forget that God was in all of that. Pray over the gifts you have received and the ones you will give and know that God can honor them. But the whole world, represented by these kings of other nations, and there were ancient prophecies that talked about how kings from other places will come and worship the Christ child. 
centuries before Jesus came to Bethlehem, this was already set in print, and now they are fulfilling part of that prophecy. We're not sure where you are in the world today, what land you call home. We're not sure what your circumstances might be, but we know this, Christmas is for you wherever you are, and you can celebrate too. How? Well, you have to make a decision. You want to find Jesus, and he's not so hard to find, but you have to look for him. You have to open up your eyes and your heart, and you need to pray. Ask God to direct you into his company. That may move you into a moment, into a minute, into a place. There is real power in prayer, and we want to invite you to pray with us right now that you, like the wise men, will find him. You may not know all the answers. You may not have all the pieces of the puzzle, but if you're seeking Jesus, I promise you, God's going to hear your prayer, and you'll find your way under the star's light to right where he is, and you too can connect. Pray with us. Our Father, we're thankful for this world you have made and for the story of the wise men. We're so thankful for the birth of Jesus and for how the world has been changed and how we can still be changed by meeting him. We thank you, Lord, that you're hearing this prayer. And our heart cry is that we will all come into a relationship with Jesus, that we will find him, that we'll be able to feel him and to know him, that he can speak into our lives. We pray, Lord, that he can help us, even as he helped the wise men, it seems, find their way home by a different path so they didn't just travel the same old journey again. They were changed, they were different. So do we long to be. We pray, Lord, that as Christmas has come this year and as it still waits in parts of the world to come in the first of January, we pray, Lord, that we will all walk in that spirit of Christmas surrendered into the Christ child's arms and love. Forgive us of our sin, cause us to be born again, and walk with us forward, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. There is no name like Jesus. In Every life, there is no hope greater than he. You want to know more? Give us a call. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're by the phone. We want to hear from you. We really do. And no matter where you are in the world, you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.cbhviewpoint.org. You can read there about the Viewpoint Ministry. You can send us an email, and we will reply. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, go online, or send us a letter by post, please let us hear from you this week. You know, Christmas is a really big deal. It's really big. And it's not just a really big holiday. It is a really big doorway through which you can walk into a changed life better forever. We're so glad you've come alongside with us today and we want to wish you the most blessed holiday and happy and blessed new year. JJ, thanks for joining us here at Bronner's. Thank you so much. What a wonderful time we have had. And we want to thank you for coming alongside. We hope you'll join us again next week as we greet the dawning of a new year here at Viewpoint, helping you to see your world from Heaven's View. This is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned and Happy New Year.